Hey, Traverse City friends. This is Ryan from a little independent podcast. With me is my friend Todd. Hey, Todd. Hey, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing great. You said it a little different than you normally do. Hi, Ryan. Oh, that was beautiful. We are very excited to let you know that we will be at the 15th annual Cherry Capital Comic Con this year. Woo! That is very exciting. I'm very excited about that because I'm always a fan of being there, but I've never been I love there. The, I love the costumes. Me too. There's a lot to see. So come see us this Memorial Day weekend, May 26th through the 28th at Grand Travers Resort and Spa, and check out all the other awesome creators and vendors in attendance. Yes. And all those goodies you can buy that you don't find anywhere else. Engage. Engage. So we will see you there. Thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting Cherry Capital Comic Con, which we love too. See you there. <laughs> A lot of pressure, man. Yeah, it is. Evil. Can evil. Not our real names. Not our real names. Nailed it. <laughs> oh, you want me to do my bit? Okay, here we go. Who are those guys? Who are those guys? You're going to love it. Just a little independent. That might have been too much, man. I have a plan. I have a plan. Plan. Are we hot? In these new uniforms, I think we redefine these hot. new uniforms. Look at us. Yeah. Just look at us. Bowling night has a whole new meaning. Yes, it does. That sweet, sweet intro. Which I have just ringing in my head right now, to be honest with you. Hello, everybody. Fans of movies, friends of all sizes and shapes. Welcome to A Little Independent, the movie podcast where two friends talk about independent, obscure, just plain weird movies. My name is Ryan. And I'm Todd. Hi, Todd. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Looking dapper. I I am feeling... Black and gold right now. Man. Are you? Yeah, yeah. That's I, a new slang you term are, the kids you are, are using. You are black and white over there I with am. our new uniform on. Yes. You had a little bit of a Thank different intro this. there. You you kind of changed it up. Did I? Yeah, I, I, I liked I it. I guess I did. That's the, you know, I, I was thinking about that and I got a little uh, maybe, uh, I guess, performance anxiety over that, that, that we don't yet have this, you know, consistent thing we open with or i guess you know sometimes we say we're hot but i sure we do you always say uh we're two guys talking we're yeah, two friends talk about movies that are blah 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 and tonight you did it a little different so let us know what you think our <laughs> legions of listeners <laughs> <laughs> are we starting is it too early to market did is i it? say I, I said uh independent obscure just plain weird no no, something of all sizes and shapes. Oh, and oh yeah, you, yeah. You you were you uh, were it's a you were, you were riffing vibe. You were, <laughs> yeah. I guess I was thinking about this as I was saying. You that, were John so Coltrane back there, That's just right, tearing it up. Well, uh, our last episode was, uh, I think, a unique experiment. As I you know told you uh, then, I didn't know what you'd expect or what to expect of you from that and. Uh, I think it was fun. What have you watched in between? Did did that movie spark any '80s trajectory for you or anything? No, no. <laughs> did I see? I don't. In the last week, no. I 
My, I've been binging the, the true crime because it's the five year anniversary of the Delphi murders, and I've just oh, gotcha. that rabbit hole just grabbed a hold of gotcha. me. And, yeah. Nice. Do you see they uh, released the trailer for uh, Ted K, the Unabomber movie, and our guy Charlotte Copley is playing the Unabomber? No. Yeah. They're doing another Unabomber movie. Yeah, this looks like a legit like Oscar contender type of Unabomber movie. Wow. Because that actor is amazing. But our movie today really couldn't have anything less to do with the <laughs> Unabomber. If we're into transitions, we suck at them. But after a, I guess, a depraved murder fest, depraved murder sex fest, you've brought us back um, to a little bit more uh, stable ground. Yeah, yeah. Well, and for my previous movie, you know, I did the crazy uh, do acid in a trailer park, um, you know, for <laughs> uh, trailer park Jesus. So this is. I, I yes, had to. We, I had to been, come back to, to my filthy on the listeners the last few movies, haven't we? Yeah. So so now we are. We got some uh, real meat and potatoes here. Is that what you would say? More meat and potatoes. Yeah. You know, it, the, more traditional for what we do. Big, big, big picture. Big meaning. Gotcha. Not frivolous, frilly. Big, <laughs> big money, big spending. Uh, our movie today is uh, Chloe and Theo from 2015. How did you find this? Because I don't ever remember you talking about this one. I bottle cap, bottle cap, bottle cap, dime. Yeah, okay. Which you can buy Metal on our detective. website as a t-shirt of your color. <laughs> <laughs> Metal not, detecting. Not yet. <laughs> Metal detecting. Uh, yeah, so I don't, I was... Doing the Amazon thing, you know, searching away. That's how I saw it. Did you see it first uh, a while ago? No, Recently. I just saw it. Oh, cool! This past week. Oh, this when was I like, texted you and saw I said it and do the podcast right away. Yeah, remember when I texted you and said I hit a dime? Yeah, this was a dime. Okay, that's interesting. Have we done that before? Where it's been a movie that you've seen and then we've done it right after? I don't know. I don't think I have. <laughs> All might have been, I might, oh, maybe Wings of Desire might have been one. Well, that was a blind date. Yeah. So kind of, sort of. Okay, that's cool. I might, yeah, I, I might have done this once or twice, but don't ask me which yeah. ones because we've you, done so many. Todd, now. everybody, Todd is the better person at this podcast. He He's the more <laughs> adventurous. He truly does seek out independent film, and I just tiptoe around them. And I learn from him every time because, you know, you make me want to make better choices, man. See now I'm going to have to pay you more so, than what we agreed upon because you really good. you really went over the top. It's on all that. good. The description of our film today is, and this is on the poster. From the northern ice comes a gentler kind of hero. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> now, I for one like several thumbs down on that, uh, and the. I saw when I looked up the movie, um, how do you tend, when, if I'll send you a suggestion, how do you first look up that film? Do you, what do you, what do you do? Trailer. Uh, so you don't go to IMDb to look up just the overview? You'll go to the trailer right away? Oh, yeah. Not Interesting. every time, but a lot of times, yeah, even when it's your movie, the first thing I kind of will do yeah. just to get a feel. Interesting. Well, you know? I go to IMDb and usually the first thing I see is the poster. Right, right. So I'll, I'll click on the poster for some reason. Usually, I, I so I didn't read the description. 
and I read From the Northern Ice Comes a Gentler Kind of Hero, and I, I decided to go into the movie just cold. Good, because so I, there's not a lot of good – there's a lot of bad reviews out there. And... I expected the um, the movie to be about a superhero of some sort. kind of is. An Eskimo superhero. <laughs> <laughs> Which but, how do you how but, how is everybody pegging him? An Eskimo will get into that. Real world, not pretend world. But I I guess this is my conditioned brain. Uh clearly very quickly I realized that wasn't gonna be the case. Um very, yeah. very quickly. But uh so I, I went into the film not knowing at all what it was about because I just I, I was proud of myself for the restraint that it took to do that. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? That's terrible. I was proud of myself for not watching the description or even looking at it, you know, on Amazon when no, they brought up the film. That's nearly impossible these <laughs> days because the first thing anybody does is grabs their phone and Googles whatever they want an answer to yeah. or, or want to know more about. And it was just a little experiment that I, I feel uh, well was fun. Good. Well, <laughs> let us in on it as we go. Yeah. How how this you know how it went with that builds uh, as a comedy drama. Yes. You think so? I think so. I my my big problem with the movie was the tone. I I did not know what to expect at any time. And so I and we'll get through it, but I felt like maybe I laughed when I shouldn't have or I didn't laugh when I should have. <laughs> Cuz I I well, no, each person's their own. But it felt right off the bat though and and this may be this is the 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 fault I'd say of the beautiful beautiful cinematography was this movie with the music scream drama so yeah I almost thought IMDb just was trying to spice up a a movie that people weren't watching and just added comedy to it no so I it would I, be I think it was, I think it had a lot of comic stuff in it because I laughed quite a few times interesting All and right. it's a quirky quirky little film uh, it stars dun, dun, dun. Theo. Ukumak. Yeah, if you say it real fast, it helps get through any pronunciation. Ukumak. Ukumak. Okay. <laughs> he stars uh, as the cleverly named Theo. This is his only film. And I actually, when I looked him up a little bit, uh, did you find it in a website called artifocus.org? Uh, and there are a couple of stories that he tells on this website as it relates to him growing up. And he's a fascinating dude. He tells the story about being attacked by a polar bear, and it's tremendous. Oh, very cool. No, I didn't get that one. I did get that he is a uh, – uh, he's from Igloo Link, none of that, <laughs> not none of that, N-U-N-A-V-U-T, and he's a conservation officer. I mean, he's oh. the real character. This is not an actor. He's playing himself um, based on the true events that – Okay, so I was curious about that whole based on Theo's events or something. And... Yeah, I mean, I, I'll kind of explain his, okay. what I came up with that discovered as we went. But it is a true, Interesting. true events, but the whole story is not true. It's a fictitious movie. And I had him top build. And I believe on the poster he's top build. Yeah. And arguably, you know, the much bigger only star in the film uh, is second build Dakota Johnson, who plays Chloe. <laughs> and Dakota, uh, aside from the obvious stuff everybody knows, her first movie was in 1999, 
It was called Crazy in Alabama. Do you remember that movie, Melanie Griffith? The first movie I thought I saw in there was so. I got to admit something, and of course, we're going to do with the other star of the movie as well, because I already texted you, but I did not know. Oh, you didn't? So this is really wonderful that this is what this brings out for me, because I'm not like Ryan is a walking encyclopedia of names and history of actors and anybody to do with show business. And I'm not by any means. So I'm reading along. I also know all their cap sizes. Yeah. You know, I, if I pull up Dakota's name and the, probably the IMDb, and the first thing I read is the sure. daughter of Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith. Yeah. And I went, no shit. I didn't know that. Her maternal grandmother is Tippi Hedren. Yeah, I did read that, and, too. And uh, her stepfather, clearly, Antonio Who'd, Banderas. But which one of those two does she look like? I can't tell you. I don't know. She doesn't resent. I don't know. I can't put it together. She's, you know, I I think a a pretty striking person to look at. Yeah. But not overly. But but do you see Miami Vice? Not really. No, she's pretty. Do you see Cherry 2000? Do you see? No. Not at all. You know, the feet, this, you know, because each one of those, each one of her parents have striking features. It would be great if we saw a little bit of Antonio Banderas in there, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, you think? But uh, I, alas, I don't even see that. And and again, I think she's. Um, were, were you to tell me it was Don Johnson's kid, I wouldn't really care either way. Um, you know, nepotism in Hollywood. That's just it is what it is. I assume everybody's a kid of somebody's kid at this point. <laughs> um, but uh, Crazy in Alabama, so starring her mom. Also, that movie stars a young Lucas Black from Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift, uh, and. A few of the other installments. I'm just saying, and well, that's why I picked this movie, Ryan, because thanks a, a for that affiliate, Because it was a because it was a a loose fast, connection a to Tokyo and Drift. <laughs> and her next film, which I thought was interesting, so 1999, her next film was The Social Network, and like that's a big jump. And you know, maybe she was like growing up and getting school and not just being thrown into to. Hollywood right away, which is kind of cool. Well, I thought early on she starred with Stella, her mom, and Stella Banderas, um, his his daughter, Antonio's daughter, and then Antonio was a director. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that. There, I don't remember which movie, but I thought it was one of her first movies. They, yeah, the first movie I saw was ninety nine, Crazy in Alabama, and then there's a big jump to to twenty ten. Uh, she's also in Twenty One Jump Streets. Uh, she was in the Suspiria remake, which was um, kind of interesting. It's polarizing for horror fans. She is in a movie that Jess and I watched for another podcast, a bad movie podcast. Uh, so <laughs> Dakota Johnson is in Beastly, which is the Vanessa Hudgens remake of Beauty and the Beast. Oh. Uh, I, there's an Olsen twin in it. Uh I think like one of the actual other Olsons, not the Marvel Olson. Um, and Dakota Johnson comes from interesting lineage. Uh, next build is Andre DeShields, who plays Mr. Sweet. Had you seen him in anything before? No, no. I did look through his filmography, um, but he, he didn't stand out just seeing him in the movie. He's not been in much. He, he was in a, a film... I think that just got nominated for Best Picture, Tick, Tick, Boom, that uh, Andrew Garfield movie that I watched with, with my wife to, oh. like, curry favor because it's a musical and I hate musicals. 
but it was actually pretty good. It's about the guy who wrote the, the musical Rent. So this guy is in that. Uh, he's also uh, Andre DeShields, who plays Mr. Sweet, in a movie called Extreme Measures. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, just barely. When I, when I saw the poster on that one, like, oh, yeah. Hugh Grant, Gene Hackman. <laughs> and I love, there was a period of time, and you and I, Okay, mostly I dump these tangents that I have on you. You know, for example, you know, odd movies Bruce Willis has been in for the last like 10 years. Um, but I, there was a period of time, maybe in the 90s, where it was movies like that. There's one with like Harrison Ford and Brendan Fraser and like Malice with Alec Baldwin. And they were all these serious procedural extreme measures and Malice. Yeah, and yeah. I just loved the stream of those movies. And they just hit me in the right spot, you know, in any mood. I could be stressed. I could be happy. And I could go to one of those kind of like heavy whatever it's about. I don't really give a shit. Yeah. And the more devil's or the the devil's advocate in a way kind of fits in that category. Uh, Why did you pull up that building? Because you made a phone call. You made a phone call. Oh, that's that's. Enemy of the state, one of the yeah. one of the best one of those. <laughs> That's a newer one compared to what next you were build referring. is uh, Mira Sorvino, who Todd just mentioned. He did not know uh, whose daughter uh, she was, which was interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm reading through the stuff, and they got the picture with her and Weinstein, and then the you know the article about how she was one of the ones that you know spoke up about the issues with him, mm-hmm. and then I saw her. With a picture of Roddy, and uh, that was, uh, you know, her dad, uh, Paul Sorvino, played Roddy in a, another movie we did a few uh, episodes back. Repo, a genetic opera. Yeah. <laughs> Largo. Like, and, and so the weird thing is, is like, oh, I wonder what happened between those two, because it was right next to the Harvey Weinstein ones. And then I, oh, so I read no. underneath it. And it's then, a terrible story you had in your head. Well, I, I, I'm like, <laughs> no, I get it. What I the hell it. is this about? You know, you're and sitting then, there thinking it's Paul Sorvino. And then I saw creep. Paul Sorvino, and then I'm like, oh shit, that's the same last name. And then, it, you know, the article okay. said that was nice. her dad. And I went, and that's when I texted you, oh, holy funny. shit, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew you would already have known this, you know, and I, I well, not always necessarily, I, but she plays Monica in the film. Uh, what what do you know her from? I mean, do you? She's been in a ton, over a hundred films. Yeah, I'm trying to. You know the the Woody Allen that she won the Oscar for. I don't think I'm that familiar that with. Mighty Aphrodite. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know the title, but it's good. Yeah, it's I good. can't. I her, can't um, quote it. Best known IMDb top four. This is sometimes helpful. Uh, Mighty Aphrodite, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Uh, no. I, nope. I believe I'm embarrassed enough to say I saw that in the theater, and it's her and Lisa Kudrow, I believe, and they're like kind of valley girls who go back to their high school. There's one funny like through line where they're they're like they're not successful, and they make up like that one of their parents invented like um, post-it notes or something. Anyway, that was terrible. I regret that I said it. Uh, best known for next, the final cut. Do you remember that with Robin Williams? Where he pieces together the best parts of people's lives, kind of the sci-fi. I was thinking one-hour photo, Not to be but that's confused. a different one-hour one. photo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. one-hour photo. If I know. you haven't seen the final cut, check that out. Okay. Another kind of underrated, you know, under the radar. Robin Williams, amazing, a really cool concept, and she's also best known for the Replacement Killers. Yeah, 
Which is a movie I love. Yeah. And it's a weird pairing. Again, there was a, a, a period of that, too, where they take great an action star and put them with a... Yeah. An Oscar-winning... In a way, you know. <laughs> an Oscar-winning female lead. Um, Chow Yun-Fat uh, is just amazing. Um, I really like Mira Sorvino in a movie called Mimic. Do yeah. you remember that one? I do. Sci-fi. Yep. I, I thought she was really kind of believable as that character. She wasn't super damsely, as I recall. Uh, I just liked her in that. And she is in another movie that has ties to our podcast. Do tell. It's a movie called Butter. She's uh, in Butter? She's in a movie called Butter. Uh, it was released. Oh, I was good. Oh, you I, thought you... <laughs> my mind was going berserk. We missed her. No, not in the one that we did, a uh, previous fabulous episode of this uh, podcast. But she is in a film that was released in 2020 called Butter. And I'm going to read to you... The 2020. F- 2020. Uh, this is the first uh, half of the description of 2020's Butter. <laughs> okay. Must be long. A lonely, obese boy everyone calls Butter is about to make history. He's going to eat himself to death live on the internet, and everyone is invited to watch. That's this the sounds start. familiar. Oh, really? It does. I, I must have sounded, seen a trailer or something for crazy. this. That sounds uh, the kind of weird like that right now I'm not into. I'd normally be into that kind of weird, but I'd for, like right now that just, like, I don't know. No, I. the sad thing is I can see that thing actually happening you know oh and i'm sure it's uh because there was uh, a story but i would not there's watch. a rammstein song called mind tile and, and i believe it's about this guy in poland i believe who put an ad in craigslist and said i want to die i want to commit suicide and i want somebody to eat me like eat me to death and it happened and like why he's like, alive yeah and that's like a real story well just head to the canada north the wolves will take care I of know, that jeez uh, so that's that's that, and this film was written and directed by Esna Sands. So, the other actor though, the the Tyler character. Yeah, I didn't include him. I don't know. I I, okay. I kind of well, focused I, on the 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 top kind the, of the the meat of the the meat of the meat and potatoes. Yeah. Well, to, actually, today, not too long ago, I went through his, and his first movie was called Teeth. And I watched the trailer. I've seen Teeth. Holy shit. And so it's an I've independent film. I've not talked to you about Teeth? So the girl with teeth in her vagina? Like her, the, 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 yeah, the, the yeah. gynecologist know. sticks People his hand know. in there. And, and I mean, I'm like, Ryan. If People know this. Ryan has to have seen this because this, this horror movie would have been nuts. So he was in that. And that one Sundance in, what, 2007. <laughs> I think oh, it was. Are you saying we're going to be doing teeth at we your might behest be. on this podcast? See this? Oh, see that's a that's a me type of movie. Now yeah. I see it happening. Yeah, is this it, is it, getting it? into you. <laughs> You're going to suggest the next Zombievers to me. Then all of time and space will become undone. Well, they all have teeth, right? Yes. Uh, written and directed by Esna Sands. This is his second uh, feature. Uh, he is. Uncredited on a 2009 movie as director uh, for a movie called Act of God, but he has uh, uncredited writing story consultant credit on the movie Alpha Dog in an uncredited screenplay, or he's uncredited on screenplay on the movie Black Hawk Down. Yeah, he's a mystery. I mean, I don't even know Have you seen if him? it's his real name. Have you seen him? 
because he's a yeah. I've seen he yeah. looks like some. This is this is your director right here. Look yeah, at this guy. Yeah, if that's even a real really him, that could be catfish bait right there. How? Enza Sands sounds like a. So I don't know honest, that that's a real name. Okay, he's it, it, supposed to be a script doctor, like a ghost writer. Yeah. He, so he, he doesn't get like credited it. for the stuff. He he looks like he it. He does. That's that's this this fella right here telling yeah. the story. <laughs> Can you see it, people? Holy he Christ. The, well, he could he could write a vampire movie. He could. He could or maybe a gangster movie. Star in it. The tagline for the film. And yeah, this is on the poster. Together, they will change the world. That works. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I did not find any budget information on it, but the worldwide gross that I found was $490. Yeah. And, por- and then when I dug a little deeper, I found Portugal underneath that. Right. So we're going to... I wanted to do this some a little r- later, but we'll numbers. do it right now. So this... When we get to the end of this movie, you know, you'll know what it's know what it's about and the the whole deep meaning of it. And so it's a really important movie as far as current events and and survival of the human species. Which and, some and, people want. Right. Some people might be interested in, but most people don't. would rather take acid in a trailer park. In- that looked like a fun time. I'm just gonna <laughs> They looked happy for once, yeah, but I'm trying not I see to be. What you're I know we got to keep it light. Yes. I know Ryan, you like to keep it light, but so by contrast, however, so to, to make four hundred ninety dollars, I, I it must have shown once for ten dollars a ticket to forty nine people. I did find a in Portugal, but I did find a film festival in the Philippines. It showed in Manila. There was a premiere in the Philippines F- film festival that it showed it premiering at. And that's really it. So our, our gal, Dakota, in the same year, 2015, made her famous movie, Fifty Shades of Grey. Not including the other two following it. That movie alone, which we all know what it's about. No. What's it about, Ryan? In, 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 a, in one word, what's Fifty Shades of Grey about? Fifty Shades of Grey about. It ends in X. Dildos. <laughs> Vibrators sucks. In in our in our four hundred ninety dollar worldwide gross, which is going to be the lowest of all time, um, is about uh, saving the world, the planet, and the people. So five hundred and seventy million dollars, Fifty Shades of Grey has grossed worldwide. And that's the first running, one. Yeah, just the first one. Five hundred and seventy million. Jesus, are you sure we want to save the planet? And then Chloe, four hundred ninety dollars. Okay, not even didn't it's even an make. It's what we do. Didn't even make five hundred bucks. But it's the same star in the same year. Well, when were they filmed? I mean, they know. they both came out twenty fifteen. Um, I'm wondering if this one. I couldn't find anything about this. But I think I, she I did this when... one after fifty. Interesting. Like right after. Well, I, and those are fun stories too, you know, to find out why somebody big or about to be big, right? I mean, and, and she's still, even Fifty Shades of Grey or not, she's still Don Johnson's kid, so she doesn't have to do shit. <laughs> I mean, unless there's some drama that we don't know about, and you can email us at a little independent podcast at gmail.com if you know anything about beef between Don Johnson, 
Harley Davidson or the Marlboro Man, I forget which one he is, and his daughter uh, email us. But, um, you know, so that, I, I like those stories. Like, why did you do it for probably clearly no money or they were assholes and took all the money and the filmmakers had to scrounge for the rest. But I think that's kind of cool. So uh, the movie clocks uh, at a breezy, easy, peasy, on paper, one hour and 21 minutes. Yep. But I, I clocked it, and between credits, it's, I, I don't know, it's a, about an hour. Hour really? and 10. Hour and 10? Okay. Because yeah. so, Edie Raul was an uh, hour and 20 minutes as well, and I thought, I thought that was kind of funny yeah. that both movies back-to-back were yeah. clocked out at the same. But this one, the, the end credits roll at about an hour and 14. Okay. So it's it's yeah, a nice it's breezy pace. Quick. And when the film opens, you you helped transport me because I like looking at opening credits on the movies we do for the most part because they are different and the it's not 20th Century Fox and all yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you see Vision Films and it made me think about Vision Video that store the video store I I worked at. <laughs> so I got this like bit of nostalgia at a moment I needed it, I think. And it was really, I just thought, oh man, like this would be a one copy at my video store too. And, you know, you'd have to have seen it to talk about it or you might not know, but yeah. um, that was nice to see, but it kind of looked like a retro little, you know, opening film production credit thing, which I dig. Very cool. And then it contrasts into, you know, one of the more stunning opening shots I've ever seen. And so much so, I'm like, that looks like a painting. And so I paused it and just let it sit on the TV. Yeah. Matched the, our bedroom wall perfectly. Gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> the layers, the it just, yeah, it, the, you know, I love so, a good so shot it's like an that. Arctic sh- shot of the Arctic, I guess. Good gracious. Yeah. Oh, horribly oppressive to, to even think about living, but just beautiful yeah. beyond words. But they've been doing it for thousands of years. Whew. And the the opening VO is um, is subtitled because it's, it's not in English, which is you know I I, I like that too. That adds, adds some authenticity to it. Yeah. But the the one motif that that recurs and I think is maybe what's appealing about a landscape or a vista like this is the solitude. So the the motif of a harpoon scraping on the ice. And in, in, in that location, you can hear it for miles. And that's the, the you know, reflection of the stillness and the peace and yeah. that sort of thing, which is interesting and because the, big sky. the harpoon is, you know, the, the weapon that sustains them, but it is a violent weapon, you know. So why couldn't they be scraping a baby rattle or something? <laughs> a hoe. A hoe? I don't know. They don't do much farming in the ice. Wrong, wrong movie. That's the but, other one. Uh, I thought that was kind of a cool thing, and I could I could envision it, you know, like I could hear that what that sounded like. Yeah, and I thought that was really remarkable. And I almost wondered if that was like what attracted the seal, because the seal pops up and then he goes running after it to to harpoon it. Well, that must be. And so I wonder, a- like, I don't know if that emulates like another seal digging through the ice or something, and you know, like almost like a call. I, I don't not, know. They don't say. I did not look into that, and, and it, I wasn't smart enough to. Nor am I now to have put those two things together. <laughs> I thought he said it. You don't hunt, do you? <laughs> yeah, not, not. But you know, I, I I hunt for snacks 
you know, like at the grocery store, if I if I can't find them, I will go the extra mile to like dig into the shelf. Yeah, but uh, not really. But I, I thought the, you know, the lazy Susan, to, you'll give it an extra spin. I'll give it an extra spin if I don't find that uh, that tin of fruit things or whatever. <laughs> so what they what they're teeing up right away is a feel, a feeling, a landscape. We have a guy who we, we know we find out is Theo. Uh, who is he's hunting a seal and he goes to ice fishing and it presents this very real, very palpable, tangible landscape. Yeah. And it feels again beautiful, but I'm I'm cold as we're sitting here. <laughs> just thinking about it. Absolutely. <laughs> and the whole thing that I keep just kind of going back to is like, look what's happening here. And you know, do you move? No, they, yeah. <laughs> Do we just keep moving south? Um, that's an option. Just, I'm just saying. Uh, but they, the, the filmmaking is, I think a lot of it ha- has to do with the, the, or the feel of the filmmaking it feels very independent, but the music strikes you right off the bat. I loved the soundtrack for this. Soundtrack you, was pretty you? cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was interesting. And, and the folks who did it were interesting, but they, the first bit of comedy, I'll say, is as they're doing in kind of how they do in diversity documentaries or like workplace diversity, where they show a close up of somebody's face yeah. and another close up, another person's face, another close up. And then the last guy starts talking. <laughs> I the, laughed at that. So no. they, yeah. With the elders. Yeah. 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 Was that supposed to be funny? And they had the subtext on you. Any of those things, because it's. Quirky, you know, you can take it as funny. So here's I mean, the start of where a very I was serious topic. Like I was but... challenged by this movie the whole way because it didn't. I felt like I shouldn't be laughing at any of it. Yeah, no, no, and and I, rightfully so. There, there's plenty of comedic spots throughout this movie just because it's such a heavy subject. Well, we have who we find out are, are I believe, elders. Yeah, but again, after the, what I think is a like a intentional bit of comedy these static faces yeah they're just and then like the last guy for a minute and then he starts talking i'm like ha, 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 ha. <laughs> all right and then i'm like wait what the sun's gonna destroy us yeah then, it, then and they're they... sending you where so then I, i'm i'm waiting for more humor because comedy drama you typically vice versa so but really quickly, I reversed my position. I'm like, I don't think this is a comedy at all. So then I switched my brain off from it. <laughs> yeah. Is that too much into the process? Well, it's just funny how, and I got a story a little bit later on about how with the second time I watched it, you know, I was affected negatively by stuff I had read. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so they, they've, just, they, there's all been, part of it. There's been a vision, and uh, the, the animation in this movie was uh, surprising and, and really cool. Yeah. The style of it was neat. But there's been a vision, and, and you see it a couple times, and our planet's going to be destroyed by the sun because the sun is angry. And why are they they're, they're sending him he the vaguest of descriptions. These people are fucking... No help to him at all. Fanny pack, get the fuck out of here and save the world. They gave him a ticket. They said you you went to school down there for a short time. You you know their ways. Uh-huh. Go tell the South. Uh-huh. And that is the, the, the end. The sun is kissing. What okay, what is fatal it? Fatal kiss. Okay, we're gonna yeah, the sun's gonna French kiss us to fucking death. But nothing for this guy. Which is global Zero. warming. 
Yeah. He's on his own. All right. But that's how they do it. Sounds they like survive. a bad plan. Sounds like a bad plan. You're just too pampered. These elders need to get their shit together. <laughs> They're going to get stuff done. They got to give a guy some instructions. A something. ticket to New York, uh, some cash. Without the, the go, kind of go find the, go of find the homeless, the, uh, he f- would not have. Anyway. <laughs> Without that mime. He's so. What I also find fascinating about these types of movies that, um, and and I'm going to compare this to Borat a few different times. I'm going to tell you that right now, and not uh, out of disrespect. It's just kind of funny because when Borat decides he's going to go to America, there's the you know people giving him things for the trip, and uh, this guy doesn't get shit. <laughs> then it'll be ponies up money. Although there's money in the fanny pack, he gets. Right. There's no. Everybody in this place seems so numbingly indifferent to everything. It's staggering. And this guy... We can't even fathom their lifestyle. You know, there's there's not a lot of talking. No. You know, I mean... Very silent the, people. The survival is based on, you know, temperature. I mean, they live in temperatures we wouldn't even think of going outside in. You'd think you would leave. Really, it sounds so bad. And they stayed for thousands. They've been there for <laughs> well, because their 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 asses are permanently glued to everything they, they sit. They can't. To. They can't get warmer. Go and to I, warmer I like how they say that you are able to use their tongue, and and so you know that that kind of those provincial terms are right. are pretty charming. And he he gets his and and go see ya. Yep, wakes up in the morning, puts on the teapot. Walks to the airport <laughs> across the frozen tundra. Yeah, yeah. He walk. It's a, a through line. He walks everywhere. There's a really funny moment later on with an elevator. Yep. But here is where the music started to to get me. Where it's you know there's a couple of montage moments, but the music was done. It was credited to the Newton brothers. Yeah. And um, but the singer's name was different, like Boyd or something that. The yeah, I think there the were. Park. Yeah, but the Newton brothers are the credited composer. Um, they did a 2000 and film, 2007 film called Ah Zombies. Oh, yeah, no joke. Uh, but they've also done. Uh, they did a, a horror film called Oculus. Awesome, awesome movie. They did Open Water Three, uh, Gerald's Game. Uh, the Newton boys. Yeah, did the did from the, this did the music for. They did Doctor Sleep. The wow. recent sequel to um, The Shining, uh, which was a great score. Wow. And they had to reinterpret as one of the main themes from the original Shining, which was cool. And they did The Grudge. So that was pretty cool. And this is what I noticed. This, and I, we should say the credits are still rolling at this point. Yeah, yeah. But Mira Sorvino was expected to be an and, and she was an and. I like to call that stuff out. Uh, this is another weird thing I do. I may but not what have told that, you. What, what does that mean? Special. <laughs> Doesn't want to be credited with just the regular cast. <laughs> the riffraff. So, and I think, and, and she, correct me I, if I'm she wrong. She doesn't strike me as pretentious like but, that. But I, and I don't know And special, but with, I think, is a different meaning. So sometimes you'll get an and or a with. If you have an Oscar on your fire mantle, you get a. Yeah, I, and you get a, I think it's, but they're both meant to be special. <laughs> And the arrival at the airport scene is always a fun one to me because I like that. You know, they're trying to explain culture shock. But do they at any time say where he's going? Do you see it on his ticket? Because no, I, that's I mean, thing I think I we just know right away. I mean, they show the Manhattan skyline and yeah, you see the, you but know. But Jess, you know, she, like she left for a second 
when you got that establishing shot. Yeah. And I didn't say much. And for a period, she's like, where is this? And I said, does nothing really stick out to you? And she's like, not really. And it, it didn't. And as as I believe it was filmed in, in and around Manhattan. Yeah. But it didn't completely feel that way, especially the little homeless shelter, which was home to the cleanest homeless people the I've underground. ever seen. They didn't put enough dirt on Dakota, you think? She's got a dirty face through the whole movie. She sure does. <laughs> <laughs> Easy there, Tiger. Oh, no, I know. I do. I, again, like I said, See, I wasn't you, sure I should have laughed at a lot year. of the stuff. It's hard, you know, you're going to keep mixing Fifty Shades in with this. But they, this. they have the arrival at the airport scene, which I, I like. And, and there's a line about um, South being where the rest of us live. Yeah. I, I forget who said that, but I thought that was a fun line. Uh, Mr. Sweets, maybe? But later on? Yeah, somebody said that early on. Yeah. And I noted, you know, a couple of times the music, and around this beginning when he arrives, the music turned menacing. And and that tr- tr- threw me. I think you know when he gets New- to the f- place. Oh yeah, because you know, first- New York is menacing to him. And I I w- wondered was that it? Because there's you know remember like in the eighties you know the steps off the boat and it's New York and it's everything's aggressive and the boombox guy is scary and all that. Well, yeah, I mean you're parallel in Crocodile Dundee too. You know yeah, that's exactly where I was going. Yeah, yeah. And so they always have that you know fish out of water thing, but. My first Borat comparison, because is when he gets his first room, and again, I wasn't really clear what he was, where he was staying, but it was a pretty nice room. It's a little shitty hotel room. I know, but like, you know, the size of it, you know, think about real estate in Manhattan. Like people pay three grand a month for (laughs) that kind of space. Oh, I didn't think about that. He's able to accommodate three additional homeless people in there for a period of time. He pays 50 bucks a day, so it's it's in the, it's in the drug zone. All right. Yeah. Um, I, I just noted that that was pretty great, and and I, I also wrote a specific note that I, I like Inuit humming. Well, the he, part that took the you know got me with that was so there's no TV. He's sitting alone in the hotel room. There's no TV, but that's not new for him. Why isn't there a TV? Because they watch TV later. That is um, in. Is that the same hotel room? Yeah, I thought he was in one room the whole time. Maybe if he if he moves, he moves. But either way, well, he stayed in some pretty nice places, and and they do a pretty interesting thing in that first scene where he's humming and and all this noise and things just keep getting smaller and smaller, kind of like him tuning it all out. Yeah, he's 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 chanting, singing. It's a form, and he's meditating is yeah. what it comes down to, which he does back home, by every day anyway, and so he's bringing himself, you know. Yeah. Back it, to ground and all this, you know, godforsaken noise in New York. And he, um, you know, there's so there's there's two narrators. Would you say one is Theo and one is Chloe, which is kind of confusing. Yeah, because I'm like, whose movie is this? And that's another thing. I, I have a, a huge gripe with the title. I, why is it called Theo and Chloe? Chloe and Theo. Right. Chloe and Theo. She. All right. She's a terrible character. She's a terrible person, this character. I couldn't stand her. Couldn't stand her. And wait, wait, wait. My first wait, wait in a while. Wait. So this is my second movie in New York, in Manhattan. And you just did the same thing 
that you, you did you with my lead island? character in Most Beautiful Island. Interesting. Said, she is a terrible person. I think it's because you're drawn to terrible people. No, no. You're, you're, you, you just you're literally, here? both my Manhattan movies, <laughs> you just... Ripped right. apart. <laughs> no, 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 and and that. What? Remember what happened last time? We're we're gonna get you. You tried to make me feel bad for her because she yeah, was. Yeah, I gotta get. I gotta really get revved up for this one because <laughs> this is saving the entire planet. I I got a lot of work to do to bring you over. Uh, I as as I said to Jess last night, we're gonna have a fun podcast. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> and. A lot of people did not like this movie. Like and as this in, is one I noted because he he does a lot of narration. And I wrote everything he says is wise. Like, so he doesn't just say like, hey, man, how are you? Or I got to take a dump. Even if he was to tell you he had to take a dump, I feel like Theo would be like, well, each day a man must come to a time when he must purge. (laughs) Because everything seems to be profound. (laughs) (laughs) Which must get annoying if we're really thinking about it. Like, just. Yeah, honestly, I think it's just they only speak. Being though th- where he's from, when it's profound and necessary, no, I, know. I know. See, I knew you would you, you would bring things into reality, and you'd make me realize what a dummy I am. Oh, but you don't have to play. I'll, I'll continue to be a dummy as we go through <laughs> it because I think by this time this is what people are in for. Good cop, bad cop. You know, is that what we got? You know, we we've but, established. But I've this got brand the black right shirt, and you've got the white shirt, so we should. Oh, but it's we ironic. We switch roles today. See, it's it's ironic. Oh, okay. <laughs> and another comparison to Borat is the <laughs> only you would take Borat in, in encounter <laughs> with the with the young African American males meant to be the stereotypical toughs coming to, and and I think this is like Chloe sees this or sees him. And this is the first time that he's confused as an Eskimo because she calls him a freaky Eskimo. A freaking. And so it's the next morning and Theo gets out and, you know, he's going to go find out where he's at. No plan. No he, guidance. He, no nothing. His plan is to find the elders. What will be will be. Oh, that is just the, that's that's true. Yeah. So you can bet he's going to ask for the elders. Yeah. And, and it's and so Chloe, funny. It's so simple. Yeah. He's asking, I just, where are your elders? But that's how they do it where he's from. But I think that's the point. They speak to his elders. There is none. You know what I mean? It's and that's why it's flawed is because and that's kind of a message of the movie is the president's not no our elder. I mean, if you get get granular, yeah, you can ask him for it, but what's what's he going to do? It's going to get farmed <laughs> out to somebody else. And, at uh, least there those those faceless guys who have dreams about the sun blowing us up, they're getting shit done. They at least sent this guy. So so our intro to Chloe um She's doing her daily gig, sitting on the corner with the dirty face and writing out her cardboard Slightly sign. dirty face. Slightly dirty. She was a little too clean and pretty for Perfect Ryan's teeth. taste. Perfect teeth. Those aren't junky teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she I guess really I good. guess in the in the uh what movie was that where they Oh, in the uh the documentary on the Strangler in in L.A.? No, the, um, who's the bad, Manier, Richard? Ramirez. Ramirez. Night Stalker, yeah. The Night Stalker, uh-huh. thank you. Uh-huh. He spotted the cops immediately because they were they were dressed in dirty clothes and had dirty faces, but they had clean hair and clean teeth. They had good teeth. Ah. And he picked him out. He says this, right, you know, in an interview, he says, clearly, he picked him out immediately. 
And you literally just did the exact same description. Like here you got this. Let me tell you why. She comes from good stock, right? She's got she's Remember, got the genetics. I didn't know what this movie was about. So I assumed she was an undercover reporter. Oh. Alien. An we alien always reporter? Bring, we always bring aliens in. That could be I mean, that would have been an interesting left turn because I was waiting for the hero <laughs> thing. But I assumed he was the hero. Um he could have been an alien to your to your point. You know, of the like uh, Men in Black variety, like that. You know, well, there's he, one in that. He was clearly lineup. from another planet where he la- when he landed in New York. True, really. and so she uh, again is the first to. And I, I don't think he looked decidedly anything. He didn't look like an Eskimo. He didn't look like a yeah, he looked like the, a guy in appropriate clothes. I mean, he didn't have a hood with fur on it, and he wasn't holding a spear, and he didn't have, you know, those tennis no, rackets he had the, back. he had the, the furred hood, he had the boots, and then you look at his face, and you clearly see he's an Eskimo. Well, people are quick to judge, because he just could have been a guy who was dressed appropriately, <laughs> <laughs> came from the Arctic North. He had Eskimo all written So he's, he's getting accosted uh, by, by the local toughs, and I, I think it's, you know, kind of cute when Chloe steps in to, to break things up and now I'm confused because I think maybe these three men are also undercover because why would she intervene if you're spinning quite a yard yeah. over there <laughs> so maybe this was was or was not the experiment that it should have yeah. been but I again spent most of it most of that time thinking she was an undercover reporter trying to like do a story on something yeah she knew those guys and told them to back off and they did and i you know out they go and he again wants help finding elders and she takes him quite literally yeah she he um so he ripped off this mime without knowing it oh yeah the mime and and then he gave her yeah the mime Takes his hat off for him to put a tip in it. That's and right. he reaches in there and says, thank you. It takes out a lot of cash it. and walks away. And that's when Chloe went over to follow him because she was laughing so hard. Yeah. So he gives Chloe the 38 bucks that he took out of the mime's hat to uh, take him to the elders. Yeah. And what does she do? She takes him to the nearest senior center. And then goes has this wacko plan for getting him in. Because she, she assumes she's going to invade. He has an age fetish. Yeah, that that came right out of Fifty Shades. Although, I, I put that in capital letters. It's no, like well, no, although he himself she's still in the sex mode. Is <laughs> old as can be. This, so, this he, she said this should do it for your age fetish. Well, so you think she added that line that was Adlet? I think she's still stuck in Fifty Shades. Yeah, so she had some of that was spilling she over. Had enough cachet on the set. Yeah, that I, I think like, I even saw a blindfold on her dresser at one point. She did have a like a whip sticking where, out of her ass at one point. Where. You know, amongst the Bruce Lee posters, yeah. I think there was a blindfold. And she clearly had a butt plug in the whole movie. <laughs> that, yeah, I, you can't tell unless you see it, but, like, it was clearly in the whole time. <laughs> Too far? I, I, I want to know where you I saw that. that what? I just I could tell him how she walked, you know, every once in a while, probably hit the wrong spot. and little little goose, little jumpy. It happens. And... She is devising a plan to get him in, but all the There's while... There's no way we're ever going to need Dakota on the show after the, after that. Oh, be daring, Dakota. Come on. Your father would be on this show. She's done three Fifty Shades Your of Grey movies. Would come I here. think she's quite daring. And I've not seen one of those, by the way. So I, I do not know what this woman, this nice young lady looks like naked. But she has a plan to steal in herself. <laughs> really? Huh? You haven't? No. 
well, then I don't feel so bad about not knowing Paul Servino was her dad and that Melanie Griffith and Don Johnson was her dad. Because yeah, I mean, you've never feel bad seen about that. You've never seen Fifty Shades of Grey movie. A movie that did five hundred and seventy million dollars. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. A lot of dumb people gave their harder <laughs> money. I don't, know what the ma- I don't know Day. what the math is on that, but that's on a Valentine's lot of Day. stupidity, which is why there's ice in the Arctic killing everything. Because a lot of a lot of women went to see that movie too. I that's find good. That no, no, no. I don't have anything fundamentally against that that movie at all. I I, I think it's cool, and it it I just remember it it sparking an interesting conversation at the time. I was at the Winter Comedy Fest, and Sinbad was here, and that's all I talked about. He didn't do any stand up. He just asked people questions about Fifty Shades of Grey. Really? Because I, I, I took him up to his room and and uh, he tips very you gave well. Him by that the hand way, job. no, right? No, but and he asked me questions about Traverse City. Oh, that's not cool. about which He's is where getting, we're from. Material for his. his you were, but bit. your conversation with him ended up going to because you were talking about movies, probably right. Well, no, no, no. I, I we just saw him at at that like he performs. Oh yeah, no, I wasn't talking to him. He just performed. Oh no, know? I was I so, was hanging out with him. Like I was just I was realizing, you know, that that it was a thing, but it's just you know not my thing. I cannot believe it made half a billion dollars. So that's that's Fast and Furious territory, and that's scary. But I would watch that before I would. No. <laughs> Everybody has their thing. Yeah. Everybody has their thing. <laughs> Much less nudity and butt plugs in Fast and Furious, as far as we know. What about Gale? Gale. Gail Gadot. Gal. Gail. Gail. I don't know. But pl- I don't know if she uses them. <laughs> well, no, it's to look at. You were oh, mentioned. she is very pretty. Yeah. But too tiny. Too know. tiny. Too small. <laughs> too small. She is too we are, tiny. We are, we're going sideways here. Let's, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, our delicate sensibilities have been uh, purely violated at this point. But. Yeah, there's. There, I did find that that they were very, very clean homeless. I didn't know why that was the case. They go back to their little home. Yeah, their which, teeth. Which is an interesting home. You have a, uh, you have Chloe, you have Tyler, who's a stuttering person, and an aggressive bald guy. Sento. They're very clean homeless, these folks. It reminded me of the movie yeah, Soap he, Dish. He, he looked like he was freshly showered, yeah. all his clothes were pressed. I had to wonder. Clean beard. He's a stuntman in, in all your Avenger movies, by the way. I don't know how the he got back. Yeah, Santa. Oh, interesting. In like Avengers, in, in Iron Man 3, there's a whole bunch, whole list of them that he's a stuntman for. And then he got this gig, is, and he delivered his lines great. He, he did. He delivered his lines. And he, he has a bit of an arc, a character arc, which perplexed me. But the comment that, you know, as they're talking, there, there's a lot of, you know, all right, we're homeless. And now I'm thinking the set just looks weird to me. And I was really confused because I still think at this point she's a reporter. Why? I, I don't know. Because I think I'm she's, like, she's who's going to help this guy? These homeless people? It was beyond me that that they would do anything. <laughs> They're just caring. But, you know, again, it, they, they, they have every disadvantage. There's no way that they could get him the connections to save the world. Like if, if that's what. But then again, I think maybe he's some kind of superhero or an alien. So I'm having a ball. OK. That's what I'm saying. All right. But he's, he, he makes a comment that I thought was really interesting as they're ingratiating him. And he, he said something because he's talking about his mission. And I think they asked about 
sending an army or something. And he said, uh, we don't have warriors. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, well. Where they live is just community. Yeah. In, in survival because of the extreme conditions. Yeah. You know, everybody's, they don't have it. The grass isn't greener on any other side of the other villages. Yeah. You know, they're all the same. And he mentions his dream of life on the never-ending ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, again. He loves I it there, right? the fuck out of he that place. He loves it there. <laughs> and we get the flashback cartoon, which is 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 fun because it made me think of the Matrix when we're talking about blotting out the sun and and this doomish apocalypse type of thing. And there's also another line where I think Chloe says he's on a mission from God. So we've got lots of different maybe homages to different movies, or I'm not sure. The, the well, mission from yeah, God seemed really intentional. Yeah, that that little banter scene that you're referring to was funny. I mean, I, I laughed every every all three times I watched it during that because she gets his name wrong, she gets everything wrong. Yeah, you know, you're on a mission for God. And he says from his elders, and you know, and he says to save the world, and he just sighs. Yeah, and even the others are like, his name's Theo. Yeah, and at that point, I thought she was doing it on purpose. The beginning of my thinking, she's a crazy, nutbag, terrible person. Yeah, she's high strung. She's high strung. And, and there's more that she she reveals about herself that made me like her less. But I like when she takes him to the chess area. And that fascinates me, man. Have you ever yeah. seen those dudes playing chess? And, and ladies, I hope. And I, I'm guessing. Just a different show. Like but playing, not in New York. Have you ever seen it in real? Yeah, the speed chess. I'd love to see that for real. Yeah. I'd be scared. Because Mr. Sweets, I don't know what the fuck his deal is. Because, again, I'm slowly coming to, with the, him. to the realization that, that Chloe may be a real homeless person. But, you know, she takes Theo to the <laughs> chest thing. And then she pulls this weird move where she puts her leg up on the yeah. up on the chessboard. For, and then for just a second, because he walks up, she was kicking back. That was a little casual. I mean, yeah. you know. It was. It was. I... That's funny because that that move struck me odd too that she did yeah. that. And I, I I noted here, you know, how did you sleep? I adapt in the way he talks, and, and I was just like, Theo is a huge bummer. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing exciting about him. <laughs> and I actually wrote further Eskimopi, <laughs> although he's not an Eskimo. But we we realize that they come to the fact that he needs to warn every president. So they're finally, he's getting a mission, at least. But I'm, well, I'm worried interpret- about this guy. He's got no plan. He's with what may be an undercover TV reporter <laughs> searching for a story, or on the other side is a legit homeless person who's not going to do shit for him. <laughs> I'm concerned. He's either going to get used for some reporter's you know, journalism career, or a homeless person is not going to be able to help him at all. Yeah, they well, the president... They interpret it as being the elder. Yeah. And then he says elders, so they need all the presidents. Yeah. Yeah. So who is Mr. Sweet? We hear about he, him. He's, is he their he's just, Is he's, he there? No, he, he is like, you know, like a ringleader for for that community. You know, he's he's got his act together. He makes lots of money playing chess. He saved Chloe, we find out later on, because she was a junkie when he found her. Yeah. And, uh, you know, got her act together as far as a homeless person Again, is, you know, got her off the drugs. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is, I'm telling you honest, like that. that's the way 
I didn't know what to take seriously or not. No, it, and I didn't think enough. It is a, it is a comedy and drama to dig that deep into him because how you just articulated it would have been great. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I kind of likened him. I guess I, I I thought about him as the Bowery King in John Wick, maybe. If he wasn't nefarious, oh, yeah, he was kind of yeah. like running the homeless. And that's what it felt like because he's talking about don't take any in any more strays. Yeah. Uh, because, like, they at first asked him happen. to stay at his, in their pretty decent hovel under an overpass or whatever. Um, but so I was confused as to his role, which is interesting. Another thing I found interesting was that before Theo had a plan – he, 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 they found he got around easy because he had to get back to their thing, whatever. And then he was, he would guide himself by landmarks at home. He'd have to make them, but New York had tons that he just memorized. So yeah. Yeah, his mind must be so trained. He didn't have to build any. Yeah. Which is pretty, pretty awesome. So at this point, I'm wondering has he moved to New York or is he visiting? He's always just visiting. His mission is to, See the elders to give him the message. Okay, and then uh, this seems he'll return home because he has his his place and he has the three of them move in with him because he's all about not wasting extra space. So I'm like, he lives here now. I think this is because he's not rushing well, until the money runs out. He's or again, I was concerned about that as well as a real because he's not with a winning team, clearly. So we we have. You know, Chloe, all she's brought to the table is a stolen jar of candy from a senior center. Meaning they, winning meaning they don't have the connections to well, the president. Yeah. <laughs> but you never know. It's New York. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. So we hey. discover that Chloe has this affinity for Bruce Lee. Now, I, I'm really perplexed by that. Like, looking at this picture of the director, I'm absolutely positive. Yeah, there's a whole Bruce Lee through line in there. I liked it, but what w- what do you think was the, you know, because they used a lot of quotes. Yeah. One, were those quotes accurate? Yes. They were. You know him, him pretty well. Uh, yeah. That's good. So what do you think the whole, <laughs> was that just to give it some more spirituality or different? Because it's conflicting spirituality. Yeah, if you think I, I think Lee. it was just Chloe's character. You character know? choice. Yeah, I mean, was they, it they, they you got to give you got to give each character some depth, you know, and I think that's just part of it. That's that's who she was. That was her hero. So more depth than being she's, homeless. She's more of a teenage or just you know little yeah. past teenage runaway. And I guess yeah, I'll get. I'll, yeah, that's my problem with her. She she's intentionally homeless, and and I had you know a, a roommate in college who was kind of like that. Like grew up in in a suburb. But in order to be punk rock, like intentionally lived on the street for like half a summer and just thought it gave him hella street credit. And it, 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 it's not. And even, you know, later in the film, Mira Sorvino's character lays into her for this exact reason. Yeah. So now I'm like, OK, she is fully homeless. I'm ignoring the fact that her teeth are perfect and whatever. But she just seemed like a spoil because she even says something about like, I wasn't going to do that or that. And. It's her choice, and drugs are, are obviously an awful component to that. But yeah. at this point, I'm just like, I am not into you as a character. Sorry. She, <laughs> she is a mixture of both. Yeah. yeah. But, again, there is something to 
her helping. But as and, and as you see later in the movie, it just feels selfish. It's just a project, something to give her something to do. But that's why Mr. Sweet kind of endears himself to me later, because he seems, you know, definitely more genuine. But so, yeah, you, Mr. Sweet's making money doing chess. Now we have a little bit more voiceover. And now anytime I see Theo just walking across a field with a voiceover, I'm thinking this is a PBS documentary and Big Bird's <laughs> going to show up like right in the back, you know. It, and it, it it had that kind of cadence and that kind of took me out of it. Anytime he's like, you know, you think about the, the PBS stuff on Sesame street and yeah. this is my street. I have, I come from a place that is cold. I am here in New York now and it is not cold. It's warm. <laughs> and I'm like, where's Oscar the Grouch on the street corner. Yeah. <laughs> because right. the pace, it just would break up like that. And I'm like, why do they keep doing this? Yeah. And okay. and it maybe they needed to fill time because again the movie wasn't super long, but it was cool because everything he said was pretty profound. But it well, didn't and that's seem to where move. I was focused on. Where yeah, a lot of the bad reviews yeah. are. I think we're focused on things like what you're saying. And at this point in the movie, I'm like, okay, it's a climate change thing. Okay, okay we know climate change. Like we know. Is he <laughs> going to be a super? Is he going to have discover powers or or something? So I'm kind of now falling into the movie and feeling a little dumb that I thought that the lady was a reporter the whole time and she was going to break character and help him. That's oh. really what I was thinking. Like she was going to take advantage of him yeah. to begin with or whatever. Yeah, she's inspired and then it's to like, help him. Okay, you know what? I'm I'm going to and that kind of does happen in in Hawaii, I guess, so I don't feel that stupid. But they realize in the Bowery King or Mr. Sweet, sorry, and I, I did call this, actually, and Jess was impressed because they're saying, what are we going to do? How can we address all the presidents? And I actually said, like, the United Nations. Yeah, I thought I did. Yeah. And my wife of many, many years was like, impressive, honey. She she may have been patronizing me, actually. <laughs> Oof. Can we get her on the phone? Um Possibly, and see if if she remembers if it was a if she was making fun of you or yeah, if um, she was actually giving you a compliment. As a historic first on this podcast, I'm actually that. Let's that do might it. Might be something that we need to do because since, since um, she was she's been on the podcast once, right? We yeah, had and we, and one we talked about that uh, a little bit actually, and she asked about if we were thinking about guests again, and um, I said I was because. It was pretty fun, but yeah. it, would, it would have to be the right guest. Um, this is just, hey, uh, I, I, is your mom there? Yeah, she is. Can I talk to her? I'm podcasting <laughs> right now, and she's going to be featured, as are you. Can you're, I talk to her? Yeah, hi. Hi. You're live. So we're, um, we're discussing this film, and I just had to ask, when I said or, or guessed that the United Nations was going to be a part of the movie, and you you praised me for that. Were you patronizing me, or were you being no. real? No, I thought it was a good guess. Uh, I didn't I didn't see the United Nations coming. It just occurred to me that you might have just been being real nice. <laughs> and Todd confirmed, like, yeah, that's a pretty obvious one, man. Um, I was really tired. Maybe we should kind of get her on the horn, you know, and see what's well, up with all that. We're Jess, we're doing a podcast first, making a call live while while we're live on yeah. the air. 
first guest, and now and everyone's I, phone in. Yeah. 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 yeah un, unannounced, without even knowing. Yeah. And, you know, our daughter picked up, so this is a family affair of this episode. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, my love. <laughs> I, I appreciate you very much, and thank you for the compliment. It was really sweet. <laughs> well, and I was tired. I, I slept like a couple hours before we watched the movie, so maybe oh, it was good. I really didn't see the United Nations coming. Though. Yes, what did you think of the movie, yes or no? Um, hey, all right. I love you, kid. And uh, we're going to talk <laughs> later. All right. Bye. So it was a nice thing that she said. And I thought, well, yeah, that made a lot of sense. And now I'm going, well, I kind of wish she was a reporter because how are they going to? Yeah. What are they going to do now? I think, oh, hijinks are coming. Comedy hijinks of them trying to get into the U.N. And it starts with. How hijinks start is a trying on of clothes montage. Right. But before that, I love the fact that they go into, or they want him to have a suit, right? Yeah, he can't go in there looking yeah, like, an Eskimo. <laughs> like an Eskimo. Is what they said. <laughs> and he, very kindly every time, I'm okay. And he, they go into this store, and he ostensibly might have money to pay for a suit at that store, the first store that they go into. Maybe. Or, yeah. Well, they, she gets in the fight with and, and you know what? I didn't think the reason she said the clerk said, am I being filmed is because I didn't think they could use the word punked and, and, and not have to pay for it or oh, couldn't get permission oh. to say. Cause, oh, Ashton be on their ass about that. Huh? I, don't I don't know. know. It, well, I expected her to say, am I being punked? No, they, they, but she's doing this, you know, Abe Froman moment like in Ferris Bueller where you clearly can't be shopping because it's three slightly looking homeless people, really good looking, slightly dirty, great teeth, homeless people. And she's just being a total New York bitch. Yeah. And there's this poor little Inuit man in the middle. Just going, I'd like to buy a suit. Not please. saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> you, you sound like that guy in uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. And, and it, it's also a character in, in a lot of um, Wes Anderson movies. Applejack okay. and Bottle Rocket. <laughs> um, and it, it, and sometimes, a lot of the times, it would take him just opening his mouth to, to actually help the cause. But they end up shopping at a resale shop, and it's a trying on of clothes montage. So, again, after the mean New York fashion lady, I'm like, all right, here's going to be the comedy bit. And the trying on of clothes comedy montage happens. Yeah. And, okay, we're having some fun. And then I see what he's dressed in. And I'm like, again, Napoleon Dynamite, <laughs> this old 70. It's all they could afford. It's a weird looking. It's yeah, definitely it a weird is a way suit. outdated suit and tie, especially that tie. Holy weird crap. Weird looking suit. And I'm thinking, did they harm him more or did they help him? I'm not sure. But I think that caused more harm because that definitely set off. The next alarm bit of momentum bells. is him inside the United Nations. Yep. And it did say visitor's entrance. I did catch Is, that because so they did say, like, why did you break in or why did you not break in? But why did you come unannounced? But it did say visitor entrance where he walked okay. in. It wasn't like he snuck past a guard. Right. But when he goes to the security guard at the door there and then you they yeah. show him explaining his story, you know, the guy's like reaching for his gun, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so ostensibly he's telling the son's going to kill us all dream and you slightly see Mira Sorvino in the back, just kind of looking over at him. Yeah. And I didn't realize the severity of what was happening 
because maybe I was along for the ride with this visitor thing, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, if you don't have an appointment, they send you on your way. But what he was doing was clearly, clearly not right and not okay, because they're all arrested. Yeah. And that was jarring to me, because I don't remember the whole gang in there. I don't remember. And so I thought maybe there was a time jump, and they went back in to do something crazy. Yeah, that they didn't show. Yeah. Yeah. Because they do have that flashback where Sweets is leading like the whole gang up Which, the thing. You know, and, finally yeah. we find out is, is, but I was really perplexed. So yeah. I don't know. He was by himself in the beginning at, at first. So they're they're interrogating them. Um, He's handcuffed to the table. Yeah, like this this is serious. So I'm like, what the hell happened? That must have been a really huge trespass. What right. he you did. You know, it's New York. It's the United yeah. Nations. They are on high guard and against he, anybody. Thinking, guy, stop leading with the sun's going to destroy a story. It's not Make gonna... <laughs> anything up until you get to where you're going, then tell him how nuts you are. No, not that he's nuts. But <laughs> so the interrogation stuff is happening, and Chloe's being interrogated. She gets aggressive. She grabs at one of the cops. And I don't really know what's going to happen, but it, it turns out that that Theo's released. So it's kind of interesting that this part of the film kind of got muddled for me because I wasn't sure what was happening. It was almost like they, you know, they were trying to cut it down and just do like a couple of quick flashbacks to let you know, like what had happened, but, but they're just following Theo. And then he comes, he gets bonded out or whatever, and he walks out and uh, here we go. There's our, our new, Introduction to a new character. Mira is waving him over to yeah. her big shiny uh, Monica, right? SUV. I don't think did I say what her yeah, name was. Yeah, Monica. Monica? And, Monica, and I think she was playing um, the character of Monica Ord, who is the producer, because she was Monica Ord was actually in um, her background is disease and and med oh, okay. and medicine. So I think. She, and her name was is Monica. So I, I think they wrote that character as Monica Ord. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Well, she is somebody who was uh, followed him. I don't. Was she? Ta- I, she heard him talking, you know, earlier on, and, and heard the message, and she was fascinated by it. So yeah. she bonded him out. Yeah. And then. When he comes out, she weighs him over, and she wants to. Yeah. She she now she wants to take up the torch, and uh, help help him but give this his is message. Where I again, I think now I, she I can laughed. Get things done. <laughs> I laughed when I shouldn't have because she's approaching him for help, and he's like, "Oh no, I, yeah, we're too late. We're yeah. we're done. It's yeah. it's over." And I'm like, "Oh, wait, what? <laughs> he's a prophet of doom now." <laughs> Because the, his deadpan delivery, he I don't said, know with this he guy. He said the message, the message should be for my people, because we're, yeah, you know, we're, we're too we're late. Done. So I'm going back. <laughs> I go back. Tell him it's over. You fucked us up real bad for good. Good night, Irene. Yeah. And I laughed. And well, again, it's kind that's of funny. Jess was kind of like, but they arrested him. I don't think he, that he's was given his message, and they and they arrested him and interrogated him, and yeah. And her lawyers got him out. Yeah. Well, this is the the again the character change that got me in, in that Theo goes back to the shelter before going back to to uh, Mira Sorina's character's house to live. And mean guy, he's taking the the he's taking Chloe's uh, Bruce Lee 
posters all back to you know to their yeah, place but he's in the in the shadows so the first bit of his dialogue there's yeah. nobody there yeah and i'm like is the door talking because there's a door under light <laughs> and again is this supposed to be funny so i i okay and then he kind of pops out of the shadow brrr, <laughs> and for some reason now gives a shit and completely pumps this guy up with a speech that sounded like he spent the last week preparing. Yeah. You started it, you finish it. Yep. Yeah. And good speech. There you go. First up, man. Monica takes them in or him in and you know they're all standing around and this is another thing where I'm like cuz Theo's like everybody's staying here, right? Cuz you have all the space, yeah. it'd be a huge waste. I'm like what a dick. Well, Monica had given him his given him her card. So then he had that, so he walked to her place. Yeah. But, you know, like, don't offer to let three smelly homeless people stay in this woman's. You don't know this. This is, that's a bold move. That's a bold move. And she's like, sure, you can stay. There was a little hesitation. Yeah, and that look on your face says it all. And this is, now you, you talked about the pricing in Manhattan, you know, yeah, her, her place. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that was. That but, was. You know, she's a successful lady. And so now she's burdened with these, you know, three additional people and trying to do things with them. Now, Mr. You know, Mr. Sweet looks like he, he kind of is doing stuff. He's got his, like you said, he's looking over the, the downtrodden. He's doing his thing. Tyler, what's he can't get his act together. Tyler's a puppy dog. He, he cannot, just follows. He, he follows along. Wash his damn face. Get his shit together. Get a job. Call his parents and be like, "I'm sorry, mom and dad. I'm coming home. <laughs> this is over. He can't do it. I, I know he's got a stutter. Get just get some speech therapy. Figure it out, Tyler. We don't know why he's come there. on, Tyler. Oh, Ryan. I, but I, I just, <laughs> I just come on, Tyler. You, you. So uh, Monica decides well, to teach Chloe Google, which I think is funny because this whole time. Chloe is intentionally homeless on her own, and I'm wondering how was he? How was she ever watching Bruce Lee films? How did she ever know who Bruce Lee was? Good question. And maybe it's kind of fun. Before she ran away, like sneaking in, you know, to theaters or something. Before she ran away, maybe her dad was uh, into Bruce Lee because she did mention her dad. A total turd, and she is a turd to Monica. And what's prompt? What prompts Monica to say? You know, living on the streets doesn't make you superior, sugar. Yeah. Like, I recognize it's your choice, and you're not better than anybody because you're being a pain in the ass. Yeah, it was a great line. It was And delivered pretty well, I thought. Oh, yeah. Well, the way she said sugar was, you know, and then, of course, she blows up and goes locks herself in a room just like she did. Locks herself in the bathroom of a stranger's house. What an (laughs) asshole. (laughs) What in, and, and this is in, in, in one part of the conversation, and, and somebody says, Tyler says it's supposed to be fun, and Theo says, I don't like fun. So, again, Chloe and Theo, if I think about when in the context of this movie, two of the biggest bummer characters I've seen in a long time. I don't know why it's called Theo worst, and Chloe. Worse than Winter's Bone, when you, kept, when you wrote five times, I am depressed. I am depressed. <laughs> I wasn't depressed by this at all. I'm just, why did they call it? What they called it. it yeah, just, it's a know, weird thing to do. Yeah, but and, there, and there a, is a bigger picture a for guy this on whole thing. That's going to help us in our review period is going to tell us, I think, something about that. Oh, but a guy on mescaline? I love, <laughs> I love the fact when movies will put another movie on full screen. So they're watching The Big Boss 
And it's like you were watching the big boss. Oh, Fist the of Bruce Fury. Lee. Oh, wasn't that the big boss? I think that it they might, showed. Shit, it might be the same. Like an American. I thought it was the big boss. Anyway, it's a Bruce Lee film that that I, we both love. I just I don't yeah. know. Maybe yeah. It's weird. Anyway, and so they do that, <laughs> and it and it pulls out, and Chloe's on a laptop, and that's what prompted me to say, like, how did she see this stuff before? Like, she's been intentionally homeless for a long time, but since before the internet. But all of this work and whatever the hell they're doing for a few days leads them to a big meeting. They land a meeting. They land a, a client, thanks, somebody to see. Thanks to Monica. Yeah, Monica has connections. And I can, I'm sure Chloe Googled something helpful. She actually did. And had a shitty thing to say about it after. But She did Google something helpful, which they foreshadowed. They, she Googled a YouTube video of Theo... Um, Given his message. Right. Like full on like promoting of YouTube in this movie as well. Not a sponsor of this show. But we are willing to learn. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that plain enough? But, but we are willing to learn. Um, <laughs> are we stripes now? Wasn't that? That was. Yeah. Anyway. They get That's the, the fact. Yeah. That's the fact. They get their first meeting. And this is another thing that just infuriated me first first and only <laughs> yeah so they get a big meeting and this is their one of their chance in, in another movie i equated this to was hancock i felt like collectively they were the the jason bateman character trying to sell the heart you know the heart shape fund or whatever to the big corporate people um so you know wow. they get this big corporate meeting right that's quite a jump and i, I know i was all over the place last night apparently but they get this big meeting and it's on the what floor of this Please building? Please tell me you're going to the elevator. Okay, God, this scene is a gem. I love, did you love this scene? I was so angered by it, I almost turned off the movie. Well, okay, so love and anger, two different. <laughs> no, they, they they get this meeting and they're, yep. they're, they're running late because, so, again, everybody I assume in New York is in a state of running late. So they all they all pile into the elevator, everybody but Theo, yep. the guy, the man of the hour that they has to be at the meeting, that they're all there to meet. The most dynamic speaker of all of them. And he stops and and uh, doesn't want to get in there because it looks crowded. He says, isn't there stairs? And she says, yeah, but don't be silly. It's on the 62nd floor. The door shuts. And there they are up in the 62nd floor waiting for Theo to walk up. 62 floors. Yep. But she delivered. They wrote some great lines for her explaining that. Okay. Oh, he's just, you know, doing his thing to so uh, this erase his carbon footprint. was so uncomfortable. Yeah. In for, a delicious, delicious way. For, for, for people that are there for this cause, they sure had a lot of egos in that, at that table. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I mean, it was holy smokes. Yeah. But, you know, the reality is, and, and none of the homeless clean themselves up too much. So these people were doing a kindness sitting there for as long as they did. And one lady's like, this is getting uncomfortable. But it, it and oh. as I mentioned, I did, I don't have a clip today because I, I forgot. I have a clip of something. Your, uh, your clip was calling Jess. But it, yeah. But it was going to be Mr. Sweet kind of turning this meeting around. But again, Chloe has this outburst. And one of the ladies, rightly so, says, I have another call. I'm going to leave. And she's like, you're staying right here. It's like gnats and bugs fly out of her hair. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck are you? 
again, I, I just... And, that's the, and then the other one says, okay, this is getting uncomfortable, yeah. and she stands up to leave. And then Mr. Sweet comes in Takes like it a over. pro. Like, like uh, Lawrence Fishburne. That's right. And well, that, What's the, his name, Mr. The Broadway? Bowery King. Bowery King. That was a cool... Mr. Broadway. So... <laughs> Where the hell did that come from? The meeting is over, and Bro misses it because he has to walk up the stairs. So what we estimated, I looked, and it takes in the average human uh, one and a half minutes to climb three to four flights of stairs. So I was but thinking, you slow down as you get past fifty. <laughs> yeah. So conservative fifty minutes at least. To oh, get God. up all those. Yeah, I, I, I was hour. thinking like two hours. At least an hour. And, you know, they use YouTube to to show him, you know, a little bit. Oh, yeah. She, to, Chloe saves the day by pulling up that YouTube video and playing it for them. This, so they see him delivering his message. And, and that's, it just, you know, there's ways to deliver this stuff. But so I'm like, this guy. Just walks up the damn stairs. They're sitting here two hours. Maybe they're hungry. And it's a whole And what life. does he say when he gets there? It was a long it walk. It was a long walk. <laughs> Motherfucker. You, I would have drop kicked him in his face. <laughs> but they... And, and, yeah, Mira, know, Mira had some sharp pointed shoes on. That would have been dangerous the, with those heels. The the YouTube videos did the job because they, they, they got the... Yeah. What did we... We won. They're gonna sponsor they're us. They're gonna sponsor us or, yeah. or whatever. Hooray! She starts screaming and jumping up and down. They yeah. they celebrate and now a, a decent celebration montage, which you found erotic. Oh, see, which what is you, interesting. What are you me. doing to me? You get you know that you know thou shalt not covet was another that, man's wife. Was that said in confidence? <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah, you know, they're, so they're, Mira's da- when Mira does her little dance, I found I found time. it to be uh, enticing. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know they they're celebrating rightly so, but again, so did you you haven't no- noticed the difference? So Mira is like five nine, five ten, depending on which site you look on, which is not looked at pretty down t- pretty darn tall, and she was wearing at least two inch heels. Uh huh. So it's conservatively six foot six one. Uh huh. And Theo, he he's probably four four eleven. He's yeah. probably Prince. He's Angus Young height. Yeah, <laughs> you know, with no heels on. Yeah, still, but too powerful. Did you notice players. the the? Did it stand out to you at all that like no that Mira was a did giant look, next to him? Did she look comically tall? No, it didn't really stand out to me either. And I'm just wondering if that was the Maybe way it was shot or what? Because we're talking we're talking a, a, a at least yeah. a foot difference. And Chloe, you know, has another outburst where, you know, she says something about everything we've been through, and I'm like, what? You've never had it so good. <laughs> You've eaten every day. What have you been through? How long has this taken? You Googled three things. Shut up. And again, then I'm like, is it supposed to be funny? So I didn't. I laughed well, yeah, when I shouldn't There have. was comedic moments, but the whole thing's about the big message. Again, climate change, which is. Well, the, the, that we have to prepare for the yeah. change. But I think more importantly, we should just go back to our elders and tell them we fucked up and we're done. Yeah, well, they... they... Oh, God. Well, Monica, <laughs> uh, at the end of the party, gives Theo a pair of shoes. And it's a nice gesture because this guy likes to walk, right? Yeah, and I'm that, thinking... That's his thing. You know, a nice pair of... Uh, they're Nikes, I don't think they're Nikes. They're white 
right? Whatever they were expensive. They were something. Yeah. And this is the second time that I prognosticated something true in this movie. Yeah. I had a bad feeling. Because he decides to go for a walk. And yeah. I said, ironically, this motherfucker's getting killed for his shoes. Yeah. It's to my New, wife. It's New York. Yep. Good call. And he's literally so stabbed for the his party, shoes. The party was too much for him. Too loud. Drinking. It's not his scene. And he, he walks. That's what he does. Because he doesn't like fun. He and said it earlier. He's got his new... Well, the way Mr. Discreet, Mr. Discreets, Mr. Sweets was describing. Mr. Sweets. Yeah. Hello, the Sweets. Try saying sweet and describe Mr. together. I wouldn't. Dis I can't. Disqueebing. No. I'd sprain something <laughs> in the back of the tongue. Well, you know, when he said that about fun, he didn't like fun is because he was yelling at him. Yeah. Like, this is fun. He's like, I don't like fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he goes out. Uh, and uh, is stabbed to death for his shoes. As, yeah, without uh, any warning. You know, it was pretty dramatic how they did it, how how they filmed that. Because the, the well, two no, guys they, they walked up, up, you know, down, you like, know, he's being robbed. Around. You know, they went silent with it. Yeah. And then, boom, just the stabbing motions, yeah. and then he just the blank stare, like, "What have I done? Why are Why are you doing this to me?" It was pretty yeah. impactful because they did it. You know, they cut the sound out. Well, it, it it seems like a one. I guess I'm surprised he lasted that long with uh, in New York zero instruction and help. Yeah, uh, some good looking, cleanish, dirty homeless helped him, and uh, you know the next thing we see is Chloe. What does she do? What does she do? It's the first thing she does. Well, she's so distraught over the, the man police that she's show known up with like... the card with the card and tell them that you know he's deceased. Yeah, and then everybody's falling about the place very crying. Clinical. Yes, he is deceased. I've watched a lot of true crime lately. And, and then, this little attention grabbing shithead. And then, then they show Chloe on the roof. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. What an asshole! Trying to take Theo's thunder. What she do? Oh, I'm gonna kill myself. I've known this you guy for four weeks. You don't think she was? Giving up on life because of the the one good thing that was she happening in her life stand. was snuffed out by crime. No, couldn't stand the attention was on somebody else. One last thing. So our podcast is I comedy don't... slash drama. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's desperately pushing for the comedy. I I honestly that's the way I took it. Her doing that felt very selfish to me. And, uh, and yeah, I mean that that uh, might have. But see, she that was the opposite. She, I, I, she felt, I, she felt like a selfish character the whole time. All the tantrums she's having, and you know, locking herself in the bathroom. She's like, "Why are you doing this?" But again, recognize you're doing nothing for this guy. So why would you antagonize somebody? Nobody's trying to pull the wool. Over. Nobody's trying to rob the guy. He has nothing. It just seemed improperly antagonistic the whole yeah, time and she didn't have a lot of redeeming qualities to me yeah no untrustworthy and angry untrust she's untrustworthy of anybody else yeah. she's very angry um so yeah i mean it's not a nice warm cuddly feeling that she's portraying mm -hmm. at all you know have some humility but, if you're going to be homeless. so who so she does the outstretched arms is gonna you know uh fall off the building and somebody's arm grabs her, but I don't. We never see who, you know. And oh, it was Tyler's arm. Don't they show? That was Tyler. Was it? I think it's Tyler. I think they show it. Uh, I, how I, did I, I do miss think. that? I, I do think. 
Because I, I didn't know thinking, who it was right. that grabbed her. You know, because again, you know, she probably made a big display. I'm going up. Like she didn't want to do it too. More <laughs> attention. And it, you know what? It seemed to work out because the next scene uh, has her being interviewed by Larry King. And she's cleaned up. Her hair's washed and dyed. And yeah. she Mr. looks suspenders. She's dressed up very good. And this was Larry King's last movie. Or was it really? The only the last movie that he was in. I wonder. Was Did this you, movie. How, how many has he been in? I don't know. But this was his last. And how he's probably credited as himself like 90% of the time. But I wonder if he's ever played a character in a movie. Not that I've ever It'd seen. It'd be hard to not. Right. See Larry King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the voice. That's and Larry King. Maybe if he didn't wear suspenders, you, you and I, you I like in movies how, and they do it in this one where they have her on Larry King and then they, sh- they, they, they shoot to like random people and families that we don't know looking <laughs> on like, ah, look at her. <laughs> She's doing it. Oh. Um, so. <laughs> Was that I, all the remainder of your notes that you just? Yeah, yeah, through? you sped through all that. Yeah, I did. What? Wow. Yeah, I just let you go, baby. <laughs> have I? Have... I couldn't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> but so now I'm gonna give my little little take on the end. Um, uh, You're gonna do another podcast, right? This is his... the end. Is this the end? <laughs> no. Um, he was yeah, he you was may killed. Take my shirt back. He, sh- it's coming back. <laughs> take that shirt off, boy. Keep that camera rolling. Make sure that. Oh, uh, are, are we? I come out of here. I'm actually trying to test out. The, we're the, we're getting filmed at the same time here, so we're you know we're we're trying to adjust to the 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 Hollywoodism here. So yeah, I didn't mean um, to steamroll you. So no, you didn't at all. So Enter the Dragon was and a movie like where a she said, term. "Don't think, feel," and then she talked about the finger pointing at the at the moon. That was a good line. That's that's from Enter the Dragon. Um, his uh, his his martyr served to fuel the message to live on through Chloe. So, a lot of people had an issue with some of the reviews that that I read. That I think they were just angry that Where he that he died. Because I actually spoiler Hollywood alert. Reporter was one. There oh. was another one, the Island Something Review. They were all. I mean. They, all the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, they got 0%. Oh, okay. We did. So Jess brought that up and said, that can't be right. And I yeah. said, no, well, and I guess it, it can be it right. It was the reviews, not the audience. It was the user reviews, not... Ner- not user reviews, but like professional reviews or yeah, whatever. So it does, like Hollywood yeah. Reporter and blah, blah, but blah. audience was like 40-something. 57%. Okay. But it was a, only 100-plus sampling. Gotcha. Where Fifty Shades of Grey was 47% or something, but it was 50,000-plus sampling. Okay. So it's not even not even close, but I, you know how I'm making the comparison to a sex movie to, to a profound- I uh, didn't know that was going to- Saving the Earth movie with the same star in the same year and the $490 uh, no, uh, yes. to 57. Yes, yes, yes. 570 That million. is a crime. Yeah. I should have said that the first time. <laughs> I'm no, sorry. you went with you were. I mean, that I'm I'm down for a good sex movie at any time, but I just, you know, we got a different message wow. here. So um, he was killed by the sickness of the South, possessions and greed is what I wrote in my notes. So it was kind of cool that his martyr was the very message that he was warning against. Yeah, to kind of telling them what ways they should stop. That that's actually what killed him, and then that you know, throttled Chloe 
um, to do this for the rest of her life, I'm sure. So it, it was just, you know, knowing the runtime was so short, I wondered, you know, is there a director's cut of this? Because um, there's not much about this director. And no, it, no. it just, it, it perplexed me. A lot of those just big jumps were jarring, but I, I got it. Like the message I got 100%. Yeah. I was just curious at the time, like, was the message heard? And it was 2015. It, let's say it was filmed in 13, maybe. Because Indies can run behind, right? Yeah, they so, did it in three. Filming was like three and a half months in New York. Oh, okay. So just, all right. And then, you know, they did LA in the Arctic. So. so it was a climate change movie during a time which, where was that, you know, in, in, the, in the global consciousness? You yeah, know? well. Did we need it? Did it? Did it say enough, you know, because I don't know that they talked enough about the Inuit people. I would have liked to know more about them. Yeah. Because that was the unique thing. They're they're in the Arctic. They're like, there's a line about the North Pole. (laughs) Like, I live pretty close. Well, there's there's a there's a video that you can watch um, on YouTube. It's seven minutes long. And it's an interview with Monica Ord, who is is the producer. Um, And it's called Will This Movie Change How You See the World? And it's um, by the Big Picture RT. That's the channel it's on. But if you just did Monica Ord interview and or Chloe and Theo Monica Ord, I think it would come up right. as well. This interview was on eight twenty eight of fifteen. It's seven minutes long, and she explains the whole backstory and how it came to be. And they yeah. they did film one hundred and fifty hours of footage with Richard Branson, the billionaire who's. Oh, well, there are 13 producers on this film. Yeah. And Sir Richard Branson is one of them. Oh, I left the Sir out. So they, they went to the Arctic, <laughs> Do you got think on he's dog sleds. You know, I take it back. Richard Branson is one of them. Yeah. I didn't know. I, I, I'm the one that left the Sir out. Yeah, I'm leaving there out, There goes too. a sponsorship. Ooh, that would have been sweet. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Should we, uh, now, I mean, now, who's, now, who's being, now who's being Chloe? <laughs> Whatever. Slam the door. That's I right. don't need you. I don't need all your money. And another producer on this film is uh, Cassian Elwes, who is the brother of Carrie, Mister Prince's. I was going. I was. See, you got to give me a second. I was. I had. I was trying to. Ooh. I was trying to get a quote in my head, and you just let me get there. I, well, I we'll, get we'll, there. we'll have to listen back to the tape. It, it, I, and I, I don't like do uh, you know like speed or anything like that. I don't know if. What do like you I do? Was... <laughs> word, word, word. <laughs> Is there anything that slows you down? <laughs> makes you see colors? So give me a line from Princess Bride by, by Carrie. Any line that he says? Yeah. Uh, oh, I got one. There is a shortage of perfect breasts in the land. It would be a pity to damage yours. Boy, and interesting. <laughs> interesting. Another sex line. Yeah. Well, you got it in my head now. Um, as you to wish. To the pain. Oh, yeah. The, as oh, yeah. you wish. Yes. That is the titular line. The titular? Titular line. Okay. <laughs> oh, <man>. Well, um, <laughs> should, I, should I give a warning phone call? <laughs> I enjoyed I, I enjoyed this. I, I really did. There, there were parts of it that perplexed me, and I just kind of wondered if, if the the director's movie was messed with or I, I, I didn't look much into who edited it. Uh, yeah. The cinematography was staggering. Uh, you know, it's, the music was amazing too. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I would have liked to, to know more and maybe there's not more to know about him, but you know, that, that 
you know, climate change, it's talked about, it's being talked about, it's been talked about. I just would have liked to see more unique kind of perspective, you know, in the fact that he just... It it almost seemed like comedy in and of itself. Like he gets a new pair of shoes, goes to goes for a walk, and gets stabbed to death. Yeah. And so as I'm saying it, I'm like, it is kind of funny because I'm a weirdo. But. Well, it's ironic. Uh, he so clearly, you know, obviously he play he plays himself, and he's a real conservation officer up there in the in the Great North. And you know, he's not dead because you know he played himself dying. So clearly, you know, obviously he's not dead. Right. Um. That was just, you know, for, for dramatic effect. But he did come down and, you know, give his message and go back. So in that little seven-minute video on YouTube, you can watch with Monica Ord. And uh, she explains how the, how the whole thing came about. Well, because I said her <laughs> you name. You are a fan of Miss Monica. <laughs> One of the producers of this film. The producer. Everyone else is the executive producer, by the way. So I guess you, I just proved your point, didn't I? Okay, so thirteen people paid. Now a bunch we got of lights money. on us. <laughs> thirteen people paid a bunch of money. So uh, I again, I, I like this. Uh, there, there were things to like about it. I just uh, uh, was curious as to whether there may be a different or a director's cut or, or something more uh, to hear from this guy. But so for our reviews, this is the first time that I have a, and there's plenty of movies that people like. And I didn't find a lot of bad reviews on this, actually. Oh, I when kept I, seeing them. Well, so I just IMDb, and I didn't look at Amazon, but um, there were no twos or ones. Like, the, the lowest I found was a three. Um, and there were, I mean, not a ton of reviews. I think maybe 60-something. Yeah, um, I mean, people were picking it apart, but, you know. But here's it, a guy who put, posted a video about this movie. He goes into, in the beginning of the video. Um, oh, is this the why not watch this? Yeah. Okay. And he goes into the the name. He's like, God, it's it's like they're trying to bury it, you know. People don't name things like <laughs> Jack and Jill, or and there is a movie named Jack and Jill, Jackass. But uh, so this guy goes into why you shouldn't watch this movie, and uh, yeah, I, he's sitting in front of his car in his garage. He's got I don't know like a thousand views, but here we go. Movies have weird titles and stupid titles and crazy titles. Typically, it's not a Bob and Tom or a Jack and Jill. And a whole bunch of movies like that all being released at this time. This movie, uh, Chloe and Theo, I think that's what it's called, um, it's released, man. Start watching this movie, and you're not supposed to watch it. Do not fucking watch it, man. Um, there's no drugs in it. There's no nudity in it. There's no rappers in it. There's no guns in it. There's no explosions in it. It's, it's a terrible Nobody ever, nobody should watch. You. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There's no rappers in it. No nudity, no explosion, no drugs. Fuck this movie from yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a bad review. Huh? <laughs> All right, so here's the actual bad review that I found again on IMDb. Three out of ten. Great idea. Worst script I've seen in a long while. So maybe he literally means he's seen the script or whatever. He or she. Great premise, promote green earth, save the planet now, and two stellar actresses, Mira Sorvino and Dakota Johnson. Should me a winner. Again, I read these as they're written. Should me a winner. Then, once the plot slash movie unfolds and the charming Dakota slash Chloe appears, our interest is truly heightened. However, after about five to ten minutes, we are shocked to see and hear something that resembles a sophomoric production at your old high school. 
How could this movie have ever been made? The scenes and dialogue are so very, 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 very weak and cliche, one can hardly believe this is happening. Dakota and Mira both need better advisors slash agents, etc., and hopefully learn from this debacle. It matters what projects they sign up for. Dakota especially will be hurt by this insult. She just came off a stunning career changer in Fifty Shades. Apparently, she comes off the screen as her handlers direct her. Fabulous or forgotten. I can only hope from now on we will remember she is indeed fabulous. So that was obviously written before uh, her two sequels oh, came out. Oh, Christ. And yeah, and she made a boatload of money. All right, and we have a, uh, we'll conclude with a 10 out of 10 positive review on our film today. Beautiful message. I see a lot of Chris. Oh. <laughs> Got all the way to the end. And, uh, rocks. Mm, oh. Beautiful message. I see a lot of criticism about the movie being cheesy, etc. Sad the message is being missed. We are hurting each other and this beautiful earth. We are greedy and insatiable and hence hurting each one another and ourselves. The movie clearly shows homelessness. Did, any, did anyone wonder why in this extremely rich country, why we have so much homeless people? And that's the 10 out of 10 review. Huh. That's a good question. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we don't want to gloss over that, but uh, there you have it. <laughs> Plenty of people do like the movie. Yeah. I, I'm curious so, about this director and his weird photo I, online I, I, of I a think, gun. I, yeah, I don't, honestly, I don't think that's his real name. I think he's a ghost, you know, they says he's a ghost writer. I, I don't know. He looks like the ghost writer. Yeah, ghost writer. But, so... The reviews affected me. So I watched the movie three times. First time when I discovered it, and then I started digging into it because I thought I wanted to use it in the show. Mm -hmm. And then I started reading all the different reviews, you know, but Hollywood Reporter was one of them, and the person didn't leave their name. It just said staff member, which I found interesting. Um, then I read, like, one other one and watched it again, and all their comments were like sticking in my head and it, and it ruined the, I didn't enjoy it yeah. as, nearly as much. I'm like, you, you know, cause I'm that. thinking I'm surprised by that. It really, it really did steadfast. affect. I know it just, I was looking at it like, oh, wow, am I wrong? Is this really this? And is this really that? And I was thinking all those things instead of being absorbed into the story. And well, you know, I didn't enjoy it that so much again. And then, I'd already picked it, you know, so then I watched it the third time and let all that go. And No it, audibles on it, this podcast. Was... We stick to what we stick to. <laughs> you made me acknowledge the, the message within a certain time frame or my phone would explode. Yeah. So we're very serious about the movies that yeah, we Yeah, and you didn't. And I didn't. <laughs> you had to go well, buy a new I, iPhone. I, yeah. Not a sponsor, and, you know, but we're willing like to learn. Having an index finger and a thumb were nice, but, um, you know. <laughs> Yeah, just you're, in the, a, you're in the you're in the Unabomber movie. The, the one. <laughs> well, um, I, I this was a fun ride. Thank you for uh, picking you know legit movies and you know, counterbalances uh, the sushi girls and the zombievers of our podcasting world. But uh, and we appreciate you for listening. And yeah, uh, I took a risk on this one. Not everybody's gonna like it. You you did a great job with your choice. It's lovely. <laughs> I'm gonna get the cover of this film tattooed on my arm probably. Okay. It's complex. Right it next should to probably Sushi be a Girl. back piece. Right next to the zombie ever tattoo. But uh, we thank you for listening. We truly, truly appreciate you listening to and supporting us. And uh, hey, Todd. 
Yes, Ryan. We'll always have Monty Doro. Who are those guys? Who are those guys? You'll love it. It's just a little bit.